हेलो एवरीवन एंड वेलकम टू अवंतिका डिजाइनरिंग सीरीज और एडीएस एस वी लाइक टू कॉल इट एवरी वीक ऑन वेडनेसडे वी फीचर डिजाइन एंड टेक्नोलॉजी लीडर्स हु शेयर द प्रोफेशनल जर्नी दर थॉट्स ऑन द डोमेन ऑफ वर्क एंड डिजाइनरिंग वेयर द वर्ल्ड ऑफ डिजाइन एंड इंजीनियरिंग मीट मेक श्योर यू फॉलोअर्स ऑन सोशल मीडिया इंस्टाग्राम लिंकड इन फेसबुक एंड ट्विटर एंड विद दैट लेट्स कंटिन्यू विद योर शो one of the most crucial steps in the design process that helps get to the root cause of the problem is market research with proper market research designers can gain a better understanding of the emotional responses of the users and pinpoint the root cause of the problem it can lead them to design better more usable products that can provide integrated and inclusive experiences so how can designers create inclusive and usable products based on solid customer research in this episode we interact with manjari dwivedi experience design india studio lead at ncr corporation to know more about this theme with almost a decade of experience she holds expertise in usability testing user research user experience design user interface design and much more and that's why on our journey of discovering designering we talk to her about the missing piece market research hello manjari welcome to avantika designering podcast series it's an honor and pleasure for us to host you on our show today we are excited to do this conversation with you and as my icebreaker question let's start with um i think manjuri designers are privilege i mean we've been allowed to challenge this as designers being a designer is a conviction that will affect change in the world around us yet the majority of people do not arrive with such prospects the question that i have is how do designers think about ethics mm, sustainability while including diversity to make their designs more effective i will answer this question with a with a small introduction of course uh, we as ux designers we are in a very unique position to create products and services with an uh, with an intent to provide an experience with sustainability at our hearts and we accomplish that by streamlining our user workflows minimizing information overload wherever possible removing potential distractions that keep uh, that are likely to keep users from accomplishing tasks that they are set out to do and there is an additional responsibility to create a delightful experience or an enjoyable experience and this we do that by putting the right things in front of the users at the right moment and in the right amount that is just what and how much is needed at the moment this if done right we are likely to deliver a more efficient and more sustainable product and depending upon uh, the uh, diversity of the audience this product is being designed for then there is an additional responsibility of being adherent to ethics of inclusiveness therefore professional designers we do have a moral and ethical responsibility to develop a meaningful sustainable and 
inclusive solutions and of course we there we have a critical role to play as i mentioned um, about inclusiveness so i want to further elaborate that it is not about designing for accessibility in fact um, it is about designing product and services in the light of uh, understanding how size shape age gender sexuality ethnicity educational levels income levels spoken languages uh, um, culture and uh, customs can um, shape the way the users interact with the world in short uh, designing for as diverse range of people as possible and we all have seen the technology evolve we all have seen the user experience uh, becoming one of the most important uh, domains now from being a mere buzzword that not much back in time there was also a view among people that one size may fit all and that designing for a median of the research data or an average man was good enough and today we even still we are surrounded by number of products that only work well for a limited range of audience some being hard to interact with on physical level being too demanding on dexterity some being biased to a specific language speaking audience or audience of specific domain only and of course this is a big problem and because mostly because uh, the number of excluded people is underestimated we need to understand that capabilities are not binary it is not as simple as uh, some can and some cannot see they could be these capabilities could be permanent partial temporary or situational if we talk about addressing it uh, by and large uh, designing for the smaller market that is the market for the permanent exclusions it uh, often is a very effective way of developing products that uh, also in turn benefits the wider group coming to doing uh, and accomplishing that so there is uh, no additional special skill to develop for creating an inclusive design because a large portion of it is embedded as a as a natural part of the design process itself so as we talk about um, ux process in a nutshell we say understand define ideate evaluate which uh, expands to understanding the current challenges considering the aspects of human diversity your solution may influence this followed by balancing the needs and taking other measures into account with respect to system performance and finally keep refining our solution by evaluating with the real users we as designers there is a commitment to design better products that are appreciated and valued by a diverse range of people and if we accomplish that if we do that a better commercial success is very likely to achieve, to be achieved but wow, that's an interesting uh, perspective manjri and um, uh, i'm i mean i'm i'm really excited uh, to know your views on a lot of design trends that i'll be asking you shortly but before we move there with over a decade of success in both product and services based businesses expertise in usability testing and user analysis capable of defining user experience roadmaps and pursuing ui ux issues using identified and validated design thinking methods we would love to learn about your professional journey how how did it all happen okay so i'll keep it um... I'll give you a glimpse into that. So I'm a fine artist by education, UX designer by profession, a photographer and violinist by passion. 
So my professional journey is like coming from fine arts background to finally living and breathing in this arena of US user experience design. It has been somewhat simple. And most of the decisions and curves that were made were in, in a spur of moment. Of course, I received a lot of guidance from my managers, my mentors, and my peers. To answer this further, I would like to go further back in the years. Like during school, I was more of an average student, but I had a flair for languages and arts. Back then, I understood that the conventional professionals, my professions that we have in India, most commonly heard of in India, are not for me, where I can find my place. So venturing into creative domain became, uh, became an obvious choice. And now when you pursue something that you love, reaps positive results. And in my case too, it reaped me best in academics award being adorned with the gold medal. My conduct bagged me a shield for being best in human and traditional values. Corporate uh, wasn't my first choice, joining any corporate job, etc. Uh, I wanted to study further, pursue a career in academics. Uh, the subject aesthetics extremely fascinated me back in college days. So, um, but like with every each one of us, with me also, life happened and my plans for further studies were exchanged with a mandate of making a living. Uh, this is the year 2011. So UI UX back then was a buzzword, but not something I had uh, any educational training on or uh, I cared to deep dive into that much. I obviously I uh, started my career as a graphic designer and illustrator and I kept my eyes open on the evolution of design that was happening, seeing print media going to electronic, seeing feature phone transitioning to popular smartphones people have, uh, seeing the web designer and content writers taking up the tags of UX designer and UX content strategist. Well, the wind of change took many creative professionals of, uh, of that uh, time or decades even uh, the ones who belong to uh, prior to 2011 and uh, right now we all find ourselves in uh, the newly found or not newly but yes uh, this popular domain of UI UX design everybody including um, I know many uh, design professionals who have uh, a breakthrough when the tables turn and you know what your spark is and for me that breakthrough happened in 2015 when I joined times group uh, there, I was a designer, and uh, as a designer, I was part of the Center of Excellence team, and uh, I got to deep dive into each part of the UX process, something that we were just reading in the blogs or watching in the videos, but here I was doing it practically, and uh, I was getting the variety of products, that um, a variety of Times Group products, all the subsidiary companies of Times Group. So that experience catapulted me to NCR thereby snowballing the level of learning along with the hands-on experiences that I have, accentuating the caliber as a professional. So while this uh, all this was on, my other passions also grew. I was not always UXing all the time. Um, I accentuated, I enhanced my skills in language, music and arts because they are always close to my heart and I continue to pursue them. So when I am not UXing, I'm engaged in one of these mentioned activities. Wow, that's that's exciting. Uh, such an interesting way of connecting the dots and, and how things have uh, spanned out. In fact, Manjri, understanding regional communities and developing a strong UX research practice for consumers is critical for more um, inclusive goods. 
many solutions can be found in behavioral psychology and the product's usability to the consumer. The question that I have for you is, how can designers create things that consumers can use? I mean, how can you capture and keep the user's attention? What is the significance of these micro-interactions? I will start with one of the uh, statements I first heard in one of the Human Factors International workshop. That is, know thy users for they aren't you. So, as a designer, when we are creating for a massive audience, say a global level audience, research at market, demography and ethnographical level becomes implicit. Audience of that size cannot be catered with the decisions made on uh, expert analysis or uh, on the grounds of assumptions of hypothesis. Even if we have a literature review of past research data, a secondary level of research for validating something that may have changed over the course of time is paramount. We are having number of examples of various established brands who failed at a specific global region for not doing the right market research. I will explain this taking an example from a non-interface world since it's about global audience and market research. I will talk about Barbie doll by the manufacturer, US manufacturer Mattel. And now we know that Barbie doll by origin, original design comprises Caucasian features, has uh, sustained various controversies over the years and is still undeniably one of the most popular toys among kids. So the manufacturer uh, ensures to take care of the change in her wardrobe and uh, accessories when let's say when it is launched in or uh, in the Arabian market where her launch name was uh, Fula. There this Barbie was represented in the modest form wearing a cultural attire mostly depicted reciting morning prayers. Coming to the another Asian market Japan uh, where dolls are taken much seriously and uh, for some reason they hold some ceremonial level values as well. So in Japan, where Barbie is launched as Lika-chan, Mattel, the manufacturer of Barbie, was accused for not undertaking enough market research and that these dolls were resulting in affecting children's perception for toys. Consequently, uh, various changes had to be made to this version of Barbie and uh, now it had accentuated Japanese features, given more childlike appearance than that of a grown-up. So remember that market research, when if it is not done right, it becomes an opportunity for the competitors, both at global and local levels. Because by this time, they are now aware, they get the lesson from your experience that what went wrong and what was exactly the actual expectations. And uh, here too, in this case as well, the local competitor and Japanese toy market, Takara, had uh, reaped the benefits. Uh, additionally, once a definite research is in place, right study of internationalization and localization is required to keep a check on the regional mandates, their sensitivity, their tolerance, their compliances, and let's say overall uses of the language. A mere translation is not enough. Uh, for this, I will give an um, interface level example of something as um, uh, small as date widget. We know that with the format to depict date and time, even that too varies from region to region, let alone the bigger components of our UI. So your second part of the question was uh, capturing users' attention. And one way I can say to capture users' attention, keep the system simple.
to onboard, to convert and to keep your users. It's important to ensure that your system is extremely simple to use all the way from getting introduced to it, to navigating, making the decisions on the go, on the desired goals that user is there for and getting adequate, adequate feedback wherever applicable. And uh, for having them recurring, I guess um, moderate level of persuasive methods can be applied. The last part of your question was about micro interactions and their significance. Uh, I am really uh, a fan of advanced micro interactions as they are quick and delightful way of conveying feedback. And because we as humans are attracted towards movements, it is it definitely instantly captures our attention. Also, as one of uh, Nielsen Norman's heuristic principle is about uh, visibility of system status, micro interactions contribute very well to that. They convey the system status. They also uh, help us, they support us from air prevention. Uh, in short, they convey responses, feedback to our interaction with the system and that's what makes us feel heard and attended to, thereby making the experience engaging. And the only caveat is that it should be done tastefully. We need to ensure how much gradually may become too much. Hey, did you know, amidst the pandemic, NCR Corporation launched vision-based self-checkout in convenience stores where retailers are revamping their store operations to provide a safe and efficient shopping experience. Interesting. In fact, what an example. I, I wasn't aware about the metal story and this was really exciting. In fact, uh, you know, while you were sharing the story, what, what came to my mind, Manjri, was that design has the potential to actually alter the course of history. In fact, any difficulty and obstacle are thought to be design challenge and uh, you could create really intuitive, uh, exciting solutions around them. And a business issue is a design problem out there, actually, if you, if you look at it from that lens. The most pressing topics in this world are actually design issues. But how and why is design shaping new projects as well as the large corporations by catalyzing and initiating a shared vision for all, 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 all stakeholders? What, what do you think about it? If business issue is a design problem, then design thinking practices are shaping new projects as well as large corporations, assisting in catalyzing and initiating a shared vision for all the stakeholders involved. Because it is helping you along with the stakeholders of every hierarchy to accurately define the problem we have to solve. And this is followed by defining or outlining a model of how to solve it. As rightly put in the words of Pierre-Henri Cloin, Chief Strategy Officer of EDN, the ROI of design thinking is now very well established for various organizations who have uh, committed to it and have by and large made it to work for them. And uh, they have uh, various metrics to measure productivity, to strategize marketing, and also somewhere DT has helped them to uncover certain unexplored opportunities by being involved in these DT activities. So DT is not something new. It is a very well-tested and approved method. At the same time, it is ever-evolving too. A business issue or a design problem, we need to understand it may have various solutions. Most businesses, especially the well-established one, they struggle to transform and uh, adapt to this rapidly changing environment 
we are in because they have uh, put in and invested a lot to be where they are so with the new problems changing customer demands and their uh, older adaptations to the older methods which are no longer viable these just uh, make their business issue even more complex design thinking uh, here helps these uh, businesses to embrace this complexity and uh, to adapt to this transformation and how it does that it does that by getting them closer and uh, empathize with the end user for whom the business is established at the first place and uh, these uh, empathy exercises when followed by other dt activities that could be conventional ones or the tailored ones to address uh, the business issue or design problem at hand are pretty much um, beneficial for the business, provide a solution to the business issue, which is a design problem. Wow, interesting again, and um, uh, quite a, uh, quite an interesting direction in which you've taken us. In fact, you know, while you were talking about this, one of the things um, uh, uh, that I was actually wondering about is, um, is, is, is the designer's role. In fact, it is evolving. Instead of being a, given a very clear design brief, designers are now being brought into projects during early stages to develop the design brief itself alongside the customers. The question that I have is, what does this mean for the designer and how can they add a value? Uh, as I mentioned in my previous answer, that businesses now are understanding the value of design. So involving designers at early stage definitely is helpful both for the designer and for the business. Why? Because first of all, it saves on time, the efforts of onboarding and offloading the business problem, explaining to designer to work on. And at some point, it also safeguards the business from taking a decision that could have a catastrophic impact otherwise. So, and coming to the designers part who are aware of all the business stakeholders, like who's who, this makes them understand the product needs, business needs, and user needs better. And uh, when they know all about these needs better, this frames an uh, immaculate product design brief for them. They are clear with the brief now, uh, instead of being communicated from their, um, let's say, from the seniors. Uh, because knowing and being involved with them gives them an idea of their point of view as well, first-hand uh, point of view as well. And uh, if there are any pre-design level queries or requisites that comes to comes in the mind of designer, they can put forth at initial stage itself. And this is helping everybody, everybody who's involved in the project cycle. Uh, when involved from the uh, initial stage, designers also feel valued they are more dedicated towards taking ownership of the task at hand uh, and this i will say it is also by my own personal experience you feel more responsible because now you are the face everybody knows they know that this is the problem you are taking up they put forth the right design solution on the table and they advocate for research and usability tests wherever needed and if they are not um, uh, involved from the initial stage or how the case used to be several years back so back then they just used to treat a design task just as a requirement that has come on their task interface and that needs to be delivered on a specified time. It was just work for them. It is not something they want to put their mind and uh, design skills into. Interesting. In fact, Manjri, while you spoke about looking at it from a customer's perspective and uh, how we revolve the solution around them, you know, 
what I wish to understand from you is how can designers understand and create a product experience with emotion and humanity, including, say, the experience that happens around the product? I must say this is giving me a deja vu of question number one with an additional spice of uh, emotion and humanity. So there is a model, Norman's three level of emotional design, namely behavioral, visceral and reflective. And uh, HFI's um, pet model that is uh, designing for preservation, emotion and trust. Since a part of your question already admits that the primary goal of designers is to identify and eliminate pain points by providing a creative and practical design solution to the users. So our users are by far emotional beings and their emotions are largely responsible for their behavior. We don't know what emotion they are in because that's too uh, vast. But of course, in whatever emotion they are, that is going to be responsible for their behavior. Imagine getting a message from your boss with the subject line urgent meeting join now. Uh, I don't know whatever emotions you are in, but it will be perceived differently when you are uh, you have received it being in your workplace versus you just woke up to this notification of this very mail. Two different level of emotions are going to uprise and your behavior will be impacted as a consequences. So we have heard, known, spoken a lot about empathy, empathizing with you, with the user and uh, putting ourselves in their shoes. But when we put emotion as an ingredient at the core of our design thinking or UX process, amazing things start to happen. So practices like we are aware of observational studies of a user's environment and these studies coupled with studying what emotional state the user is in at the point of their engagement. Though this insight is best gathered during contextual inquiries and user interviews, point is the idea is to get uh, insights on how the experience makes them change or reinforce their current feelings. It is, it is just not enough just think like users, but to anticipate how they will feel. Once we have the insights of the current emotional state, we can move ahead with the next step of UX process. While empathy is for sure great, but to measure the emotional impact of your solution that you have tailored to address their pain point, there is literally no substitute for a prototype testing. It is, it is important to rapidly ideate and develop and test to capture the user interaction, user reaction to the user's reaction to the experience that you have designed for them. That's an interesting take. And in fact, while you've been speaking about these elements, one of the things uh, that, that revolve around each of these things is the entire world of technology. And with evolving technology, multi-device ecosystems, They've empowered the users to control their environment and take better charge of their lives. In fact, due to this, our experiences have become more uh, natural, fluid, and say even integrated. The question that I have for you, Manjari, here is how can designers build better multi-device ecosystems to deliver more integrated experiences to the users? While answering, I will... Uh say that I have a difference of opinion here. A part of this question mentions that uh, as a result of multi-device ecosystem, our experiences have become more natural, fluid and integrated. I agree with the rest, but I don't agree with the natural part. How does multi-device ecosystem make our experience natural? 
but that's my own opinion i will um, keep that to myself and coming to the multi device world of course this is the world where uh, users experience with one applications can span over many devices a smartphone a tablet a computer the smart tv and beyond now since there are a variety of ways devices relate to each other combining them and creating powerful ensembles that deliver superior integrated experience is definitely an interesting design problem to think about to ponder upon one practical approach these designers um, can take while designing for multi device experience is uh, based on the framework of 3 Cs that is consistency complementary and uh, continuous to have a seamless experience using this framework it is uh, primarily aimed from uh, offering uh, everything on all devices to delivering the right thing at the right time on the best available device of course you can watch netflix on your smartphone uh, but the best experience would be on the smart tv further using the 3c's uh, designers can further broaden the realm of uh, internet of things and design multi device experiences that anticipate a fully connected world followed by measuring the performance of your multi device ecosystem gradually contributing to create a more connected future carved by design hey did you know ncr corporation was awarded first place for best global international leadership program at the leadership excellence awards this award identifies and recognizes the world's top leadership practitioners and programs highlighting the innovative ways they are developing interesting in fact you know this also brings me uh, manji to another dimension within the world of technology artificial intelligence and machine learning are definitely evolving leaps and bounds and we can imagine computers reprogramming themselves at the users speech command today in fact speech recognition and other technologies are allowing users to communicate more easily with machines having spent so many years in the world of ui ux what do you think are some of the ways designers can employ psychological knowledge to design easy safe intuitive technology for the future of course artificial intelligence and machine learning has been making waves for a number of years now and it has impacted majority of industries already varying from banking retail healthcare hospitality and even security and with each passing year this technology is rapidly advancing and reshaping our world in the ways that once upon a time was just mere fantasy in my opinion i feel artificial intelligence and user experience both share a common end goal both are designed to interpret human behavior both are designed to anticipate what the user will do next how they'll do it and when is the right time to probe them to take certain actions there was a term coined called predictive analytics which is the foundation of both and uh, it is the intersection that creates an opportunity for both businesses and the end customers while on the engineering front a lot is going in the back end from deep learning evidence based machine learning systems predictive analytics natural language generation text mining etc this is the very field when it comes to ux and how they can employ the design and psychology knowledge 
so this is definitely an area where uh, ux specialist or the psychologists involved in uh, user experience research come into the picture their job is to make interactions in these domains as easy safe intuitive and enjoyable as possible they employ all of their psychological knowledge to design and uh, test products and systems to enhance user satisfaction they have these methodologies we have heard of ux generalist and the specialists these this is the task of a ux specialist specializing in uh, psychology and uh, research now their domain is such their um, core strength is psychology and uh, ethnographic studies with special emphasis on the uh, users cognitive psychology and their behavioral science and uh, it's not just uh, what they have studied but also they have uh, pronounced experience in uh, field research in the variety of social groups and uh, ethnicity and it is really required because it is all about understanding how people think perceive and behave in the world well absolutely well said and i'm and i'm sure that uh, you know as we keep going forward this multi blending of different domains is is going to be one of the most important key factors for successes of how do we interestingly use technology uh, to create new innovative solutions for the customers and manjri that brings me to my last question while talking about the blended world at avantika university we coined the term designering which is a combination of design and engineering do you think both of these concepts blend in your work at ncr and could you help us um, uh, understand whether this empowers you to achieve something exceptional to achieve something exceptional by me or the designers who are working in my organization or any organization or the budding designers it is all largely dependent upon how the young or the budding or the established designers perceive and act upon it there sure is an unprecedented melange between design and engineering while design is to create something that works is usable and uh, is designed a certain way to solve uh, something but how it works is decided by how it is engineered the concept of design plus engineering needs to be conditioned in every young and uh, upcoming designers because a professional may not master all the skills of ux processes let alone the skills of creating and executing a solution end to end it is vital for them to know that every part of the process the design process from the research to uh, to finally executing it is vital so this concept if not all but at least ensures that both go hand in hand and thus needs to live and breathe together to venture into endless possibilities and evolve on the go that being too philosophical in a way but speaking in corporate terms as well where uh, we have project cycle working on sprints and agile methodologies there a healthy design and engineering collab definitely assists to bridge the gap uh, between the two and uh, when uh, both are in sync there is a harmony between the two it sure impacts on lesser issues on improvements design improvements arising from quality assessments that take place in every project cycle wow thank you so much manjri for validating that for us it was an amazing conversation with you thank you so much for joining us 
on our show today thanks rohit and um, it was uh, it was pretty thrilling for me as well it uh, definitely made me move down to uh, various uh, sections of ux and um, also move, moving down to my memory lane of how i started my career and where i am the various design challenges i see in my current organizations and in, even in my day to day life while i'm interacting with various uh, products around great thank you again Hey there we hope you enjoyed our show do write to us on ads@avantika.edu.in we look forward to your opinions feedbacks and suggestions of speakers you would like us to host on this show do tune in our channel next week on wednesday for a new story on hub hopper or wherever you get your podcast from follow us on facebook instagram linkedin and twitter